0: So where can you purchase eco-friendly fashion items from T-shirts to coats, wallets to duffel bags, and everything in between? GrapeCat.com. Better than an online shopping mall, GrapeCat.com is an online vegan retail store whose brands cause the least impact on your budget and the environment. If you believe we all should dress compassionately, visit GrapeCat.com. That's G-R-A-P-E-C-A-T.com. Hi, this is James Lucas and this is a vegan fashion and business podcast. Yeah,
1: creating a vision, seeking a passion, great cat, compassion fashion, made in the US, eco-friendly. High quality without getting all spendy. We create the best, bringing it to you. Shirts, coats, wallets, everything we do. Dressed with compassion, we're a vegan store. Grapecat.com
0: for more. Hi, I'm James Lucas of Grapecat. More and more conscientious consumers are looking for earth-friendly clothing and accessories that help reduce their carbon footprint. At GrapeCat, we make it a lot easier for our customers to find what they are looking for all in one place. We do extensive research and bring high-quality animal and environmentally friendly products to you through our online store. If you are looking for products that make a difference, visit GrapeCat.com today. On today's podcast, I talked to Rachel Atchison, the Director of Campus Outreach for the Humane League. Rachel talks about her journey from becoming vegan to an internship with the Humane League, and some tips about how you can become involved in animal rights. Here is Rachel. So what is your position at the Humane League?
1: Currently, I am the Director of Campus Outreach with the Humane League.
0: What do you do in that position?
1: I oversee a program of 30 students across the United States conducting veg advocacy on their campuses. So currently, um, my department is <clears throat> myself and my colleague Chris Gwynn, and we each oversee 15 students. Um, The schools that I'm at are mostly on the East Coast, but I have a couple West Coast schools. And I will actually be visiting each school uh, in a few weeks. I'm excited for that. But um, throughout the semester, those students will be conducting, um, uh, will be collecting Meatless Monday pledges. They'll be leafleting. They'll be hosting speakers. They will be getting um, op-eds and letters to editors published in their student newspapers. They'll be Conducting pay-per-views, they'll be doing a lot of a lot of different stuff.
0: Why were you interested in working for the Humane League?
1: I first started volunteering for the Humane League when I was in college, up at Boston University, and I fell in love with their style of advocacy. It was really positive, and um, uh, you know, ever since I started being around those sorts of people, I just fell in love, and now uh, here I am. <laughs>
0: So you got the job by volunteering first?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I volunteered for a couple of years, and then they uh, offered me a in part-time internship. And then once I graduated, we talked about my moving to Philadelphia.
0: So do you think the best way to get involved with the Humane League is to start as a volunteer or apply for a position?
1: I absolutely encourage folks to start as volunteers. I think that there are so many opportunities to volunteer really across the United States. And this isn't just humanely specific, but getting into the animal protection movement, animal rights and, and animal welfare, you know, people like myself who are looking to potentially um, hire interns um, and, you know, folks like my boss who are looking to hire staff, they're looking for people who have already been a part of the community and already, shown, you know, how much elbow grease they have, um, and show how dedicated and how hardworking they are.
0: So who has had a tremendous impact on you?
1: Ooh, that is a tough question because I feel like so many people have had an impact on me. I am constantly learning from everyone around me as uh, staff, volunteers, the students that I work with are all <laughs> phenomenal, uh, many mentors of mine um but within the movement um i would probably say there's one of my favorite books that the movement has is called the animal activist's handbook and it's written uh co-written by Bruce Friedrich and Matt Ball and um Bruce who is currently working at the Good Food Institute he is definitely um a, a mentor of mine I'm um, an inspiration. I actually met him, um, or first saw him when he was debating at our Boston University debate team on the ethics of eating meat. Um, and I'd say he had, um, he had a, a significant impact on me. Um, but honestly, you know, everyone from my boss, uh, Dave Coleman, Heidi, who was really the first activist that helped train me. Um, to, you know, Andrea Gunn, who walks me through spreadsheets every day. Um, You know, there's there are a ton of people around me that that I look up to.
0: How would you explain animal rights to a newcomer? Like when you go to a school and you're meeting someone for the first time, like what is your hook?
1: So the way that we treat animals today in today's factory farms is pretty atrocious. And when if we were to do the same to cats and dogs, it would, you know, be considered criminal activity, and so animal rights is just the extension of giving animals the ability to not to uh, not suffer um, and to uh, have equal footing as you know uh, all as all species um, should have. So when I am giving a pitch um, in a um, in a classroom, either college or, or high school classroom across the U.S. Honestly, my pitch is much more what can the individual do? So, the individual can, and I start out with small steps, can participate in Meatless Monday, can reduce their meat consumption, can maybe go vegetarian during the week, or maybe go vegetarian, or maybe start cutting out eggs, um, or go vegan. You know, it's whatever the next step is, really. Um, And so, my pitch is we don't want this cruelty to happen. You know, people don't, they're not born and they opt into, um Having animals suffer on factory farms uh, for their you know their own um satisfaction their own sensory taste um and people are you know honestly people are good people people don't know that this is happening to them um they or uh, or happening to the animals um so my pitch is is usually pretty focused on um meat reduction um because that's something that that everyone can do. Um, My pitch for, you know, animal rights uh, can be definitely nuanced depending on the audience. Um, But I I do focus on the fact that we don't ever want to see animals suffer. Um, If you, uh, if you treated your dog like that, um, you know, you, you wouldn't feel good about yourself.
0: What do you think are the biggest lies, myths, or misconceptions about animal rights?
1: So there's a few major misconceptions and I deal with them, uh, not on a daily basis, but I, I, would say when I'm in any sort of high school or college setting, I get these sorts of questions, um, and, uh, treatment. So one being that, you know, every animal rights person is quote unquote radical um and you know if it's radical to treat people with compassion then i i would agree that i am radical um but if it if it is kind of a normal thing to want to make the world a better place um which is i think what all animal rights advocates are doing um then i would say you know we kind of we're not we're not as radicals as, as uh people put us in that label in that box um so I do think um you know there's a mixture of of why people think that you know veganism is extreme um but uh I'd say you know one thing that I have dealt with in training activists is um the negativity um factory farming is rough and um I know for myself I struggle with depression um and you know it it, it has not helped um that I learned about factory farming because factory farming uh you know, obviously can be quite depressing um, uh, in reality. and so um you know the negativity that's associated with factory farming, the fact that it's overwhelming and you know we can't solve this problem in one day, one week, one year, um, I think gets to people um, and so there's an urge in many ways to kind of be really angry. Um, and obviously, uh, you can be really angry. I know when I first went vegan, I was, I was pissed. (laughs) I was really upset that, you know, oh, I don't, now that I see it, you know, I don't get why everyone else isn't seeing it. And obviously, you know, I, for 17 years did not see it. I didn't understand that, you know, meat, uh, was from an animal. I really thought that meat was food and animals were animals. Um, and that there was not a correlation. Um, And so, you know, I being the angry vegan at first, um, I think has given me um, the patience to deal with uh, fellow angry vegans. Um, But I think that that's something that we as a movement um, really need to focus on the positive, um, really need to focus on, you know, what would make someone want to join our cause. Um, And I know, you know, I personally love joining causes who um you know are inclusive communities who um make you feel like you're making a difference um and you know um just try and be as welcoming as possible and so one you know stereotype i think we get is is the angry vegan um and you know to a degree um it's it's right um but i think you know me and my work um i really try and dispel that myth um the presentations i'm giving are always, you know, what is the next step you can take? Um, and, you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm stoked about my diet, about my lifestyle. Um, and I think expressing that um, is a uh, is a way to overturn that little stereotype. So that's one one part of the puzzle.
0: Do you think we're radical because we're not we're going against what everybody's been marketed to?
1: I think we are radical for a few reasons. One, definitely. Um, this, the norm is to just do what you're told. Um, the norm is to eat meat with every meal, um, and to not really question much. You know, we are not, um, I think education is so important. Um, but I don't say that I, I was really taught to question as much as, you know, I am now questioning. Um, and so I think, I think it's definitely us, um, you know, not going with that norm. Um, I think, uh, you know, how much we have to um, act uh, or ask for changes. So, I mean, when you go to um, a place that isn't veg-friendly, is not in your Philly Veg dining guide, um, you know, you're going to have to ask for, oh, can you hold the cheese, hold the sour cream, etc. Um, and just, you know, that amount of asking can definitely get overwhelming. I think I think that that is um, one reason. Uh, I think there have been, you know, radical contingencies. You know, whether what you're calling radical, um, you know, varies on the person. But I'd say the main reason is definitely uh, going against the grain.
0: What keeps you interested in animal rights? Well,
1: every new investigation that comes out is... Uh, is a new reason, um, uh, an updated reason to keep fighting. Um, I think it's it's fairly easy to stay motivated in the movement um, because uh, of all the information that's coming out, but also all the positive stuff that's coming out. Um, the fact that you know the day Beyonce uh, said you know oh I'm uh, I'm eating plant based you know that was in itself exciting. Uh, one of the most popular women um, in the world saying that she's trying this out. Um, but seriously, every, every good thing is just motivation that we're winning and we definitely are. Uh, it's amazing. I, you know, I will go onto campuses and, um, just in general, there's a vegetarian or a vegan in every class that I teach. And, you know, that was not the case 10 years ago. So I think Motivation number one is just the positives um, that, we're, that we're seeing. Motivation number two is definitely the community. I have found my best friends through animal rights and um, I couldn't be happier that I found such dedicated people um, to surround myself with.
0: What drives you nuts about animal rights?
1: What drives me nuts? Oh, what a question. <laughs> um, one, I would say that Change doesn't happen fast enough, um, you know, uh while I see while I see change and while it's definitely visceral, obviously, you know, the fact that there's still nine billion animals in today's factory farms um can can drive me nuts.
0: What drives me nuts is people that argue with you that the animal cruelty is okay. Like they would never take a dog and do the same things that they're paying for people to do to other animals.
1: Yeah, that that definitely jars me. That's I guess so. I um, I run a vegan Twitter account um, that uh, I have now now grown to um, almost uh, thirty thousand followers, and I'm really proud of it. Um, but one of the funny things is just putting out these pro vegetarian, pro vegan tweets. Um, you know, I will get people to say outrageous things. Um and so just I think something um that drives me nuts on a daily basis is dealing with um dealing with naivete, um dealing with uh ignorance about the issue. Um and that's that's something that, you know, I wish I was sitting down next to every person that tweeted a mean tweet or tweeted, you know, an ignorant tweet. Um I uh it
0: that's definitely
1: something that's that's frustrating
0: yeah I never understood the term ignorance is bliss until I became vegan, and your eyes are open to everything you see like the cruelty you see the the logic of eating things that we're not designed to eat. There's no reason we need milk yeah. it, it makes no it makes no logical sense why we have to have milk, yeah. so it's kind of those things that drive me insane. Absolutely. What are a few resources you would re- recommend to someone looking at, to gain insight into animal rights?
1: So, two books that I require all interns read for me um, are one, The Animal Activist Handbook, um, written by Bruce uh, Friedrich and Matt Ball, um, but two, Change of Heart by Nick Cooney is also a phenomenal read about the psychology of social change. So, those are the two books. I mean, the, the um, movies that are out, you know, thank God we're getting more and more. Um, so, you know, the latest and greatest being, I think, Conspiracy. everyone is, is in love with that. Um, and I am too, I just wish that it didn't have, uh, didn't have the negative stance against Meatless Monday, but besides that, um, absolutely phenomenal film. Um, so, you know, resources being documentaries. I show documentaries to my family, my friends all the time. I'm always asking them, Hey, do you have a Netflix account? Awesome. Can you watch Forks Over Knives? Oh, or, you know, uh, so Forks Over Knives, if they're health-focused. And then, oh, can you watch Cowspiracy if you're uh, animal-focused or environmentally-focused? Um, so I think movies these days um, are a great resource. Besides, besides those two mediums, uh, online, phenomenal resources online. Um, but I think that I, uh, I think most people... Uh, can Google um, stuff to figure out what they what they like, what they would use.
0: How and why did you become vegan?
1: So I was in a AP an AP Environmental Science class my senior year of high school, and we were learning about the inefficiencies uh, surrounding agriculture. And at the time, I was volunteering at a soup kitchen um, in DC, DC Central Kitchen, and I was just getting more and more interested in food and food waste um, and when I connected the dots that we are essentially wasting food when we're eating animals, you know, we have to funnel food for an animal's entire life before we can ever get any calories from that animal. Um, And with beef, you know, you are losing 90% of all energy that you're putting into the cow. And so when I learned about the inefficiencies with animal agriculture, it just kind of blew me away that mainstream organizations weren't paying attention to this you know we've got world hunger organizations all over the world and yet this message of hey let's turn to plant-based agriculture let's save so many crops um let's give those crops to to the you know to third world countries you know that sort of information just blew my mind um and so um after i learned about that i decided to go vegetarian And then once I was vegetarian, um, for a few months, I started to think more about animals. Um, I think that once really the chemicals were out of my system and I started thinking about how easy it was to be vegetarian, I think it was much easier for me to wrap my head around being vegan. Um, and so then I just took the plunge toward veganism and, you know, food wise, um, veganism is just as delicious, if not more delicious, because you expand your palate so much. I was definitely a meat and potatoes person before I went uh, vegetarian and vegan, and then now, you know, I love ethnic foods. Not that you can't like ethnic foods if you're eating meat, but at the same time, you know, you you fit a mold, um, and I, I think that it's much easier to stick with that mold if you are eating meat as opposed to really varying your diet if you're vegetarian or vegan. Um, so that was, that was my little transition of veganism.
0: What do you think is the number one reason people fail at being vegan?
1: So there's a few top reasons I think people fail. First of all, if anyone is interested, I know phonolytics came out with a recidivism study of a about a year ago, I would say. And that study goes over in detail um, you know, the top reasons that people, quote unquote, fail at veganism, um, and some of them being social. You know, We are living in a world where, ever, since everyone, quote unquote, is eating meat, you know, we can feel definitely overwhelmed um, about, um, about our diet and about going out to eat and about being judged by our family and friends. So I think one part is definitely social. Um, another part is that, you know, it's uh, a very different to cook the way that we cook. It's It, it shouldn't be different and it comes to be really easy, um, but at first it's different. Um, and so just the time intensity of it at first um, can be daunting.
0: What is your biggest victory?
1: My biggest victory, I'd say on a personal level, uh, my father, when I, told him I was going vegan, he asked me to move out. Um, and now my father is a, uh, is a pretty hardcore vegan. Um, he uh, absolutely loves um, nutrition. And so um, our entire family struggles with um, type 2 diabetes and obesity. And for him to have taken such an interest in nutrition and, and be talking to his family about it as well, I think was um, a huge victory, uh, just absolute 180 um, but then on a, um, professional level, um, starting this program, the campus outreach program, you know, we are reaching students sometimes in the middle of nowhere. I, I, um, am working, uh, with a few students, for instance, in Boise, Idaho. Um, now while it is the most liberal city in Idaho, um, it's still in Idaho. Um, thank God, AGAG was overturned there, but nonetheless, um, you know, it's, it's not exactly your most receptive audience. Um, and yet we have a student advocating for, for veganism on his campus. Um, and that's so exciting just to give students the tools to enact change. Um, I have absolutely loved working with them. It's a really fun program and, um, I'm just, I'm really, really proud of it. I think that's a huge victory.
0: How is the Humane League fighting ag-gag?
1: So the Humane League doesn't directly work on ag-gag. We um, give support to organizations who are, um, but you know, in North Carolina, for instance, our Charlotte office was pretty involved with helping um, fight ag-gag there, um, but we ourselves are not as focused. We give auxiliary support.
0: What are you grateful for?
1: I mean, it, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I'm just really grateful that people gave me a chance. Um, and um, I'm grateful for all the advice that they gave me. There's just so, I have so many mentors in the movement. Um, I, I emailed, um, you know, I, I emailed some of them and asked them for, uh, questions and, you know, I'm expecting a one sentence response and they write a whole, you know, five paragraph response, um, to, to help me with, you know, project X, Y, or Z. And, um, that's just phenomenal so I'd say just I'm I'm grateful for all my mentors
0: if a student teacher or school want you to come speak what is the best way for people to connect with you
1: so I can be reached via email um, at any hour of the day uh, at our atchison so r-a-t-c-h-e-s-o-n at the com. And, you know, I am also on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, so there's, there's a number of ways to get in touch. I definitely urge any um, teacher to get in touch, especially we give presentations in high schools and colleges. Um, just just in, in two weeks, I'll be delivering a presentation to um, a class at James Madison University, and it's a 300-people class. Um, and I'm so excited. It's um, a, a wireless mic and everything. It feels much more like a TED Talk than just uh, teaching to a college class. Um, but you know, there's so many opportunities that teachers can get involved. Um, students, I urge college students across uh, the U.S. to apply for our program. Mm-hmm. And besides that, you know, every single person has the ability to enact change in their community. So I always think everyone has the ability to make a huge, huge impact.
0: Great. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, no worries.
0: Thank you for listening to the GrapeCat Vegan Fashion and Business Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find the show notes at grapecat.com. Do us a favor before you go, please take a few seconds to rate this podcast. It is a key way to get this podcast higher in the ranks, which will make it more accessible to people who truly need this information. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Make sure you never miss a future episode of this podcast by subscribing. If you have any questions or guest ideas, please send them to podcast at grapecat.com. Thank you for dressing compassionately. Yeah, creating a vision, seeking a passion. Cat,
1: compassion fashion, made in the U.S., eco-friendly, high quality without getting all spendy, we create the best, bringing it to you, shirts, coats, wallets, everything we do, dress with compassion, we're a vegan store, grapecat.com for more.